How do you feel about musicals? Many people dislike musicals because, in real life, ordinary people don't just burst into song, do they? Uh, well, no, they don't, but hopefully you're not turned off by that because Christmas is full of people bursting into song, actually. Luke chapter 1, I hope, will win over the doubters because here we read not one but two examples of spontaneous lyricism. At the end of Luke chapter 1, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, he waxes lyrical over the coming of the Messiah. But first, it's Mary who overflows with praise. Uh, commonly, her words from verse 46 to verse, 40, verse 55, they're commonly called Mary's song or the Magnificat, since that's the first word of its Latin translation, Magnificat. In many churches, it's said or sung on a weekly basis. In Anglican churches, it's most likely to be sang, uh, most likely to be sung at uh, even, even, uh, even song or evening prayer. Uh, as we hear Luke chapter 1 from verse 46, I want us to notice two themes. There's fulfillment of promise and there's reversal of fortunes. Fulfillment of promise, reversal of fortunes. Here we go. Matthew, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 1 from verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of, his, of the, the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers, our ancestors. Did you spot the, the two themes? Fulfillment of promise and reversal of fortunes. Let's first think about fulfillment of promise. Mary's song here is very much like Hannah's song in 1 Samuel chapter 2. There in 1 Samuel 2, there is a faithful woman who is also given a miraculous child in the first chapter of 1 Samuel. And there she also sings of great reversals from the Lord. Hannah's song ends by expressing her hope in the Messiah. But a thousand years later, Mary's song kind of recapitulates Hannah's song, but it's also the fulfillment of any, everything that Hannah was looking forward to, the fulfillment of everything the Old Testament was looking forward to. The birth of Christ is in remembrance of God's mercy, is how Mary's song puts it. So it is what God spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. So what is the sum and substance of the Lord's mercy? It is the sending of Christ. What is the essence of the Lord's covenant love to Abraham and to all the patriarchs? The essence of the Lord's covenant love is the Lord's enfleshment, born of a virgin. See, the Magnificat sounds like it could have been lifted straight from the Psalms. And in a deep sense, it really could have. Both Mary and David were singing of the same mercy, the same covenant love, the same Messiah. The Old Testament is Christian through and through, and Mary is a Hebrew through and through. The events of the New Testament are not a departure from the Old Testament narrative. They are its intended destination. So that's the fulfillment of promise we see in Mary's song. Secondly, let's consider the reversal of fortunes that Mary sings about. This song is the battle hymn of a gospel revolution. All our expectations are upended. 
Those who are high are brought low, the proud are scattered, the mighty are put down, the rich are sent away empty. Meanwhile, the meek are lifted up, the lowly are exalted, the hungry are filled. This is not so much a political manifesto, though it will have implications for all of life. It is first and foremost a profound theology of incarnation. Here is what Mary is contemplating. The eternal Christ has emptied himself. The word of the cosmos has made himself small. So small, in fact, that he rests within this penniless teenager, even as she sings. But if that is the trajectory of this world's judge, then then all worldly trajectories just come under judgment. While the world attempts to lift itself up, the Lord of all comes down. Therefore, the high and mighty find themselves dangerously out of step with their maker. All who seek their own interests find themselves on a collision course with Mary's child. Jesus redefines majesty as meekness, greatness as service, glory as sacrifice. For those full of themselves, Christ's coming will turn out to be their judgment. For those who know that they have nothing, it will be exaltation for the lowly and feasting for the hungry. As you meditate on the Lord's humility, how will you consider money today? How will you consider power today? How will you consider status today? Will you lift yourself up? Will you climb, grab, take and steal? Or will you follow Christ's trajectory, emptying yourself for others? Most importantly, As you look to the manger and think on Christ's self-emptying, won't you sing along with Mary, My soul glorifies the Lord.